progressive, respectful, mentoring, compassionate. These are the values of Palmdale Regional Medical Center. And now we proudly present Palmdale Regional Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. Pile and idle cysts can be so painful. And if you've ever met someone that has one, they might tell you that it feels as if you're pressing your tailbone up against the sharp corner of a table all the time. My guest today to tell us about these is Dr. Reza Kermani. He's a trauma, critical care, and general surgeon and a member of the medical staff at Palmdale Regional Medical Center. Dr. Kermani, what is a pile and idle cyst? Well, hi, and thanks for having me uh, to talk to you, to you guys today. Uh, the pyelonidal cyst is basically a small cyst that we're usually born with, and uh, they are part of the remnants of the cells that, um, the mesenthelial cells that develop into who we are as people in embryos. And in some patients, these cysts uh, capture, uh, kind of uh, trap themselves right in between the, the folds of the buttock in, in the space called the intergluteal cleft. Uh, it's basically the little space in between your two butt cheeks, uh, higher up than your anus. And these are small little congenital cysts, and they just sit there and lie there uh, above your sacral bone in the subcutaneous or fatty tissue under the skin. And what happens is they're in a location where there's a lot of pressure exerted on them every time you sit, move around, or exercise. And as a result, these cysts can very easily become irritated with uh, movement and the hair in that area. And when they become irritated, they usually get swollen, they secrete fluid, and can oftentimes even become infected. Is this something that parents would notice in their little child or because there's a lot of fat pads in children, we don't see them until they're adults? When do you usually notice these? So we tend to notice them anywhere from 8 years old up to even adults get it in their 30s. But the majority of patients I've been seeing uh, tend to be either teens in their late teens or early young adulthood. Um, any child can have it, that you can, and you can have it at any age, but typically it happens after the patient's, you know, been sitting up, moving around, and has had time to kind of irritate that area. So we don't often see it like in infants and toddlers, but in any child, even as young as eight years old, if you notice a little lump or something that looks like a zit or a pimple in the space in between the two butt cheeks, that, that typically is a tip-off that the patient probably has pyelonidal cyst disease. Uh, and, you know, in some patients, uh, we don't see it until they're a bit older because their cysts are a bit deeper and it takes more hair getting down there to irritate it. So in those patients, we see them after they grow hair in that area. And that, again, tends to be young adulthood in their early to mid-20s uh, is when we notice them. But again, you can see it in, you know, kids as young as six or seven and people as old as in their 30s. If someone does notice one or it starts to hurt, what kind of doctor do they go see? And do you always have to see somebody about them, or do some people just go about their lives and don't really do anything about them? Now, you could, you know, try to ignore it and see if it goes away. And, you know, sometimes it does. It depends on how inflamed or irritated the area gets. But most of the time, patients end up going to either their primary care doctor, an urgent care center, or um, an emergency room. And typically, whoever the provider is is staffing that area will treat it by lancing the pyelonidal cyst. What they do is they basically open, you know, with a knife, open up the cavity of the cyst, and they drain any fluid that's in it. And they have the patient, you know, carry out local wound care until the cyst heals. The problem with this is, though, that although this may take care of any immediate discomfort or any immediate infection, by opening up the cyst and any bacteria that may be in it, 
until the cyst is completely removed, the diseased tissue remains in place and it's going to recur. Uh, it's just a matter of when. Uh, you know, it's not a good idea to ignore these. It's typically better to keep an eye on it. Sometimes something as simple as antibiotics will be enough to calm down the irritation and the infection in the area and the cyst will go away. But the recommendation is that if these, these cysts keep coming back and keep bothering you, you're better off getting them removed so as not to, you know, have to deal with them on a repeated basis. Doctor, is there anything you can do before we talk about what that treatment looks like? Is there anything you can do at home to ease the pain mm-hmm. or the swelling? Do you recommend sure. weight loss or exercise or even certain vitamins? Well, weight loss does seem to help. In terms of vitamins, uh, there's no commonly accepted consensus on anything that would help. There are a lot of people out there saying, you know, homeopathic remedies like celery shakes, every day, celery smoothies every day and a plant diet can help. I haven't seen any of that bear out in clinical practice. The one thing that does seem to help, though, is if you happen to have a very, you know, hairy backside, uh, shaving in that area or doing laser hair removal in that area uh, or waxing to remove the hair in the area does seem to help because one thing uh, we do repeatedly see is small little tiny hair fibers creep into those little areas where the cysts are located And then when the hair lodges there, every time you move around, the hair scrapes up against the cyst and causes irritation. So keeping the area nice, clean, dry, and free of hair does seem to help. And in some patients who have pyelonidal disease, you know, once we uh, just practice good hygiene there and shaving there, uh, that may be enough to cure it without them having to undergo any other treatment. What are those other treatments? What do they look like? Well... So the initial treatment for the acute or, you know, sudden uh, infection or inflammation is to basically have it lanced in the emergency room or in the uh, uh, urgent care center. The providers basically just open up the cavity like for an or cyst or abscess and they drain the fluid and you put gauze on there and you let it heal. And that's what we do the first time it happens. Now, if this disease keeps recurring, then the treatment is uh, twofold. Uh, one is removing it and doing it in such a way to help prevent recurrence of the disease. And there are various surgical options. Unfortunately, the medical options are limited. You can take antibiotics for the first or second attack and see if that helps to go away, but it's not going to prevent the disease from recurring. To really cure yourself of the disease, you need the cysts removed surgically. So do they come back once they're removed surgically? They shouldn't. But, you know, the the main risk is not completely excising all of them and then having to go back and excise more tissue. I've had many patients who've had their cysts removed previously, and that seems to help them. And then, you know, even as late as 10, 20 years later, they may come back with a recurrence of the disease because it turned out there were cysts located more peripherally that the original surgeon didn't appreciate at the time, and so the the cysts recur. But once you excise all the cysts, they shouldn't come back. And there are various techniques that we have for excising the cyst, depending on how complex your disease is. Dr. Kermani, are these genetic? If if you know that one or two of your parents had something like this, does that seem to follow in families? We do tend to see a genetic component to them, but like most diseases, it's partly genetic, partly environmental. So you could be born with these cysts, and if you're not that physically active or you're not that hairy in the area, it's never going to bother you. Uh, whereas, you know, if you if you inherit these cysts from your family and you ha- happen to be very hairy back there or you're very athletic or you're, you know, 
constantly uh, moving around, then you're more likely to get uh, to develop the problem. So the having the cyst itself is genetic, but whether or not it will become symptomatic, that is more environmental and has to do with the amount of physical activity. In fact, in World War II, they used to call this Jeep Rider Syndrome because the soldiers who were riding Jeeps would frequently, you know, have a very bumpy ride for these long, tri- long drives. And that would irritate their tailbone so much that it would lead to a series of uh, pilonidal infections. So there was a little outbreak of them uh, during the World War II era. Um, but, you know, like I said, like most diseases, it's partly environmental and partly genetic. What an interesting aspect to all of this. Wrap it up for us, Dr. Kermani. Just what you want the take-home sure. message about this unusual disease that can be quite painful and the treatment options available. Sure. I want, I want to let you guys know that here at Palmdale, we have, you know, options available for us. So, you know, I like to treat this disease. Most patients, first of all, after their first attack, do go on to have multiple attacks. I always tell the patient, practice good hygiene, shave the area. But if this comes back, definitely come see me while it's still acutely infected so I can look at that area. Because sometimes what happens is the cyst will get infected or inflamed, the inflammation wears off, and then we can't even tell it's there anymore. So it's good to have your doctor or your surgical consult look at it, you know, as soon as possible. And then what I like to do is there's a minimally invasive technique uh, that first was promoted by a surgeon out in India, Dr. Gibbs, and he does uh, what he calls minimally invasive pilonidal surgery, where he literally goes and he plucks out these cysts individually with special surgical instrument. And he's seen an 80% cure rate, which is actually quite good. Uh, and I've, uh, me and some colleagues in the States have been uh, basically copying his technique, and we've had pretty good outcomes without having to give the patient a very large extensive resection of the area, we go ahead and we pluck out these cysts with our, you know, special instruments. And uh, most of the times the patients heal up quite well. For the 10 to 20% that do recur, we, I then offer, you know, uh, more extensive surgery. We carry, we excise a much greater amount of tissue to make sure we get out all the cysts. And then uh, what I do is uh, I employ a plastic surgery technique called myocutaneous flaps, where I literally get the muscle and the fascia of the, of the buttock tissue, the gluteus, and I rotate it to cover up the whole left by where the pilonidal cyst used to be. That uh, tends to be a more involved surgery, and we, you know, I tend to save that for the patients with a more severe disease who fail the minimally invasive approach, where we just literally simply take out the cyst. How interesting. Thank you so much, Dr. Kermani, for coming on today and sharing your expertise and explaining what these are and the treatment options available. Thank you again. You're listening to Palmdale Regional Radio with Palmdale Regional Medical Center. For more information, please visit palmdaleregional.com. That's palmdaleregional.com. Physicians are independent practitioners who are not employees or agents of Palmdale Regional Medical Center. The hospital shall not be liable for actions or treatments provided by physicians. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.